You're listening to episode 10 of the Becoming Aligned podcast. Welcome to Becoming Aligned, where we'll step away from the busyness of our days to explore what it looks and feels like to create meaningful lives that align with our personal values. I'm your host, Maureen Ryan, the founder of Ryan Wellness. I hope these conversations will serve as inspiration and as a reminder that through the ups and downs, we're all in this together. In this episode, I talked to my dear friend, Steph Caddy. We were college roommates and teammates together back in the early 90s. Currently, she's a mom, a nursing student, and a volunteer. We talk about her interest in science and a little bit about her former career as a science teacher. She openly shares lessons she learned after she left teaching in order to advocate and take care of the needs of her oldest, who has Down syndrome. Then we discuss what motivated her to take this next step and study nursing. Steph is one of the most modest people I know, but her story and her character truly inspire me. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Steph. Hey, Mo. Hey, thank you so much for joining me on the Becoming Aligned podcast. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to be a part of this. And I'm happy to be here to help you. Aw, thanks, Steph. And I, I just wanted to take a minute to kind of just even tell you why I invited you, be, you to be on the podcast. Because um, we've known each other for a long time. We were teammates and, and roommates while we were at Indiana University, where we both ran track and field and cross country. And uh, you're someone I always really admired back in college because you were just so hardworking and focused when it came to athletics and academics. And you had a social life. Like, you just managed to really kind of give, like, you seem to give everything just 100%. And I don't know, I was just really admired you for that. And then as you, like, got, you know, as we stepped away from college, um, I've just really respected as I've watched you grow and learn from you over the years from your passion that you poured into your career as a school teacher and coach. Like, you just were so passionate and giving that your all as well. And then to your life as a mom with three children and how you adapted to those changes and really grew into yourself. I don't know, I feel like you really kind of even blossomed into like into motherhood um, and now to present day and you have continued to grow and learn while you embark on this new like new challenge in your life so I would just love to take some time the next hour or so and chat about those different parts of your life if you're up for that sure uh, all right awesome all right so I know it's like a really big question but would you mind starting off by just telling us a little bit about yourself yeah so that one's hard yeah but um so you kind of said, I guess, a little bit about me, yeah. probably more than I can tell you. <laughs> um, I guess right, current my current life, um, I am kind of a mom, a student, and a volunteer. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am right now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but used to be an athlete, used to um, be a teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, now I'm exploring nursing. So that will be kind of a new adventure. Yeah, so you've just started this program recently, correct? It's like you're about a semester into the program? Yes, so I just finished um, my first semester of the actual nursing program. Okay. But there was kind of like a year of prep in coming up with the idea, and since I'm kind of an old lady, I had to go back and (laughs) do some prerequisites, even though I took the sciences all back when I did. It was past 10 years. Yeah. It was more like 20-some years, (laughs) so they made me take my stuff over. Yeah. But... I didn't mind because it was actually good to have a starting point to just get the cobwebs out of my brain. Yeah. 
and do that. So, yeah, so it's been interesting, and it was a really great first semester. I really enjoyed um, going to school with kids that could be my kids. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad I chose that program. I did a program where I'm off in the summer, so I can still be available to my kids yeah. while I'm doing the program. No, that's so cool. And I, I'd love to talk a little bit about that um, a little bit later on and what motivated you to kind of take this new new kind of career direction. Um, but let's let's maybe take it back to when you were when you were younger. Um, and I'm just trying to picture little Steph growing up and the things that she might have really enjoyed or how she might have spent her time and just the things that she would get absorbed into and like lose track of time while doing. So I guess you know me as a track runner. Yes. So exercise kind of came early into my being. I always liked to be playing tag, and I was the smallest in the neighborhood. Aww. So I don't know if they let me outrun them or if I actually outran them, yeah. but I used to always feel like I was fast. Yeah. But um, that may not be necessarily true. But I, I spent a lot true. of time. <laughs> I'd say that was true. <laughs> I spent a lot of time enjoying um you know, kind of running around and um, doing things. I'd set up obstacle courses even just oh. by myself in my on our patio. I'd set up like jump rope and have like exercise stations. <laughs> I mean, for the time I was like, you know, probably seven years old, like literally really strange, right? No, I and, love um, that. Oh. Love gymnastics. Um, like to be active. I love to climb trees. And we had a climbing tree in my yard that had um, two branches. They were almost like uneven parallel bars. Oh my goodness. So I'd like practice my gymnastics on tree branches, which oh my gosh. is really, really terrible for the tree in hindsight. But um, I'd like climb to the top and also do my gymnastics on, you know, on the tree. So <laughs> that was, I guess, a big part of that. And I I like to play by myself, but we also had a lot of kids in the neighborhood that we just did a lot of exploring outside. I had a good friend, Lisa, that, um, well, still have a good friend, Lisa, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. I spent a lot of time with, and she wasn't in my neighborhood, but we would um, we'd explore, like, the creek behind. She had a park behind her house, and we'd go down and just explore in the water, and we would look for fossils, and she oh. had this area of pine trees that we made, like, a fossil museum oh. with all the little fossils <laughs> Like, I was I kind of a it. science nerd from the beginning, from the beginning. and like sports. <laughs> Seriously. So. Oh, I love it. Okay, the obstacle course. I've never heard you talk about that before, so that is so fun to hear. <laughs> you know, yeah, that, and that I did like literally by myself, which is so <sighs> silly, but I just, I did. I just, I always like to exercise. Yeah. Um, I like doing, you know, sit-ups, push-ups, jump rope, um, you know, hopping through hula hoops and just, just whatever I could find, I just made into something. But um, yeah, I always loved that. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of gave some reasons. I mean, like in terms of like you always loved exercise and, you know, you described yourself as a science nerd, but like, I mean, what do you think you kind of learned from those experiences? Um because you were just, it sounds like you were just exploring, like, the, so for so much of that time and just kind of seeing what the world had to offer. And, um, yeah, I'm just curious, like, do you think you kind of learned some things from those experiences or did that, those interests kind of shape the path that you, your life kind of went on? I'm just kind of exploring that concept of play and how it might affect us all. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I just know that that's 
just always kind of been who I am in terms yeah. of I've always been curious about things. Um, I've always loved being outside. I've always liked nature and I'm curious by the world around me. As yeah. I've gotten older, I actually can calm down, I guess, or slow down, I should say, and look at things more carefully because I was always kind of in motion when I was younger. So yeah. sometimes I couldn't sit back and appreciate things the same way I can now. So I think it's just shaped differently over mm-hmm. time. So that as I've gotten older, I I guess have the patience or maybe I'm just more tired, so I'm happy to sit down <laughs> and, and look at the world around me. Um, so I, my parents always loved birds, right? So we had yeah. bird feeders, and um, they would always be looking at different types of birds in the yard. And when I was little, like, I was interested in that, and I was curious, but now I actually appreciate it differently than I did when I was little yeah. so it's, I think that just evolves but the, I don't know I just I don't know if that's just who I was how my how my parents were too because they obviously were exploring my mom was the first grade teacher ah, so she was right. always ex- exploring things and um so I don't know if that was an influence as well mm-hmm, but um mm-hmm. but I mean those are things that I have always done yeah I yeah think. it's just a part of who you are in a way yeah, just noticing things. Like, I remember in college, um, my very last final, I think it was even that terrible physics class that I had, and I just didn't like that class. And I think I was that was my last final of that semester. And don't mark my words on that. It could have been a different final, but yeah. I thought it was that. And I was walking back from campus mm-hmm. and was just so relaxed and happy that, yes, the semester was done, I was finished with this class, and I could just you know, go on to the summer. Yeah. And I was walking and I just, and you probably remember this story. I just like looked down and like, I always would look for, I had this thing about looking for four lace clovers when mm-hmm. I was a kid mm-hmm. and I was walking and I was like, just like looking at the grass I'm walking and happened to notice one on my, on Aww. my walk home. But that's like, I just kind of, I always am like, kind of like looking at things like that, probably to my social detriment because I'm not the most <laughs> Like, I'm not the most uh, socially aware all the time because I might miss out on what's happening around me because I'm busy looking at the leaves and the trees. (laughs) Oh, my God. You have this, like, love and appreciation for for the outdoors and... um... Which is, is, was, is that what drew you to science then? Because I know you, what was, what was your major in, in, uh, at IU? So interestingly enough, um, I didn't love science growing up. Ah. They just didn't, they didn't, well, I loved it and didn't know that I did because in school we didn't really learn science appropriately, I don't think. Mm -hmm. And um, until I was a, I guess, sophomore in high school, I had a really wonderful chemistry teacher. Mm. And I, I've always loved math and numbers. I was a math person from the time I was in elementary school. Love okay. math. Oh. But we didn't really learn too much science in elementary school. It just wasn't in the curriculum. And in terms of in school, but like kind of spent my like other time, I guess, doing things I didn't realize were mm-hmm. science, right? Mm-hmm. Just because curious. But long and short is um, when I got into high school and I had this um, chemistry class. I loved it. And she was a great teacher. And she convinced me to take AP chemistry my oh. junior year, which I never would have had the confidence. I never would have thought I was capable of doing that because the kids that took like the AP science and math courses, like that just not was not me. Mm. And then I took um, that class and was actually 
like I really enjoyed it. And chemistry is not necessarily the thing that I probably love as much, but it was the thing that I first was good at. Yeah. Science, if that makes sense, it gave me mm-hmm. confidence. And it was really that, that teacher, Mrs. Ford was her name, mm. Kathleen Ford. And she was really amazing and very helpful to me, kind of as a mentor, I guess, because from there I realized that I like science. And so when I went to college, though, I was originally an education major when I, like, started oh, school. Okay. And then I switched majors to biology and technically was going to finish with biochemistry. And yeah. when I finally graduated, I ended up graduating with a biology degree versus biochem because I had to take one more class and the way it fit I would have I only could have taken it the following fall so oh. I didn't want to come back for a semester yeah so I just graduated with a biology degree okay. but I honestly had a lot more chemistry so my um my background was really more chemistry what is mm-hmm. what I took but mm-hmm. um I was probably more interested in the the biochemistry but that um so in college I was a biology major then I did the master's in education to get um my certification to teach to become a, and you taught science then as well, right? Is that was like, I did. So yeah, I, was, okay. I, I taught ninth grade, which was normally a biology curriculum, but we had a spiraling curriculum, which gave me um, the freedom to do a general science, which uh, was kind of more interesting actually, because there's a lot of different things we taught mm-hmm. besides the biology. Mm. Can, can I go back to when you're in high school and you said um, you had that one teacher who kind of really encourage you to to go for the AP chemistry course but you're like you just didn't see that as you like that's not how you saw yourself as being one of the AP math or AP chemistry kids um was that because you just didn't real like why do you think that was I guess I just um I don't know I just well well, first of all I always balance things out because a lot of people I knew um their parents encouraged them to take multiple honors in AP courses Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and my mom always was telling me, you know, just keep keep it balanced, you know, do yeah. things. If you want to take an honors course, take something that you're interested in, but don't just take the honors course, take the honors course. Got it. So I usually would pick just one honors course or AP course a semester. I'd usually not do more than one. Okay. And um, anyways, I just went to school with a lot of very bright people, mm-hmm. and I didn't consider myself as bright as them, let's put it that way. Got it. So okay. I... Um, so anyways, I, I looked at them, for instance, some of the, some of the people that were in that class, you know, went on to Ivy League schools and, um, you know, probably I, I not followed everyone at this point, but I'd imagine many of them are achieving in their science, uh, sciences and or become doctors or gone on and, and done something pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because it's just all relative, I guess, because I think I just had so much uh, respect for all of you. I swear all of my roommates at one point were taking organic chemistry, and uh, you guys were all pushing your way through that class. So it's just... (laughs) That was my favorite course in college. (laughs) You loved that, didn't you? Yeah. (laughs) I did, and Dr. Hollingsworth, he was... I really enjoyed him. but I, I did. It was he. He taught really relevant. It was relevant chemistry, which is uh, why I liked it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I still remember one of the questions on the final exam that oh I thought goodness. was interesting, but I won't get into that now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> well, like when you were a ninth grade science teacher, then um, did you kind of take it upon yourself to try to? I don't know why I'm thinking this, but like encourage girls or people how your teacher had encouraged encouraged you in a way like was that something that kind of stuck with you I I suppose that how she was for me I thought about in time but I didn't like 
didn't go out to be like, hey, I want to be a mentor for people. <laughs> I just... <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> but I, I mean, I wanted to encourage all my students to do well, yeah. whether it was a boy or a girl. I mean, yeah. honestly, um, I had some really interesting students, and I that I hope went on to do interesting things. Our curriculum was kind of... I felt like it wasn't too challenging for the kids that I was teaching. It was a lot of really bright kids. And sometimes I try to bring other things in, but sometimes I felt like I couldn't figure out something challenging enough for them Mm. within the realm of our curriculum. So then that was something I used to think about. I had some honors classes too, that I felt like I needed to come up with different things. But um, I would think if you asked most of my students, I would think they would have thought I was, actually not too challenging. Like, I, I always felt huh. like I could have been more challenging. Interesting. I, I always wanted to be so clear about what the expectations were that I think sometimes I didn't push my students hard enough. Because mm. I, I tend to push myself sometimes, and then others mm-hmm. I'm very forgiving of. Ah, that's um, interesting. And maybe maybe could have pushed my students harder. I don't think it was the right profession for me as a teacher. Loved it. Yeah. Loved my students. Um, loved coaching. I really enjoyed the enthusiasm of my students, and I loved seeing what my athletes could do. I loved seeing what my students could do. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I was the best in terms of mentoring and or um, inspiring my students. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure that I did that effectively or not. Oh, yeah. It's interesting hearing you say that because I, I remember just like as a, as a fellow teacher because I taught for about 13 years. How, how many years did you teach, Steph? So that's a good question. It's kind of, yeah. kind of an interesting answer because I think I taught basically over 11 years, but okay. I took time off periodically when I was having my kids. So I would, like with Riley, I took off a year after I had him. Mm-hmm. Um, and with uh, Colin, one year I was part-time. So like I had kind of a mix of things, but it was over, I think, like an 11-year span before okay. I officially kind of retired from teaching at that point in time when I was working on some things for Colin. Yeah, and I guess I just remember, um, you know, kind of doing more like teacher talk with you back in the day because we were both in that in that role. And uh, yeah, I, I just always remember like you just always seemed so, you were definitely passionate, like you are pouring passion into the into the job, whether or not you were being... And I feel the same way. I was like really working hard and putting myself out there. I'm not sure quite how uh, effective I was being at all times. But so I, I, I think I kind of understand what you're saying. Like, but I do remember you feeling like you really poured a lot of yourself into that, into that career. I think I did. I just, again, don't know if it was effectively done. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, like I, totally. I got a lot from doing it. Yeah. Um, I don't know um, how many of my students would say that they got a whole lot out of my class. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Of course, that age group's difficult. I mean, you taught yeah. middle school, too, yep. and middle school kids have so many other things going on yeah. that, like, school's not, like, their thing. So I did probably spend more time thinking, because I used to do a quote of the day every day, because mm-hmm. that was kind of my one of my little things I did from the time I was in, I guess, junior high. I would collect quotes and oh, yeah. poems that I liked. So I used to, even in my science class, do, like, I was, I guess, before it was in vogue to do quotes of the day, but um, at the time I used to do that um, just to get the kids thinking about things differently. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it related specifically to the lesson. Sometimes it was just to get them thinking about maybe an event that happened in the world. Mm-hmm. That, um, so a lot of times I think I spent a little bit of time away from just science. So I don't yeah. know if I was such like the perfect science teacher as I just tried to hopefully help the kids make 
good choices sometimes, but probably yeah. not. They probably weren't listening to me. I was just the old teacher. <laughs> oh, no, but it's true. Like middle school, like they're just, there's so much going on in their, in their lives and just, you know, they're learning and growing in so many different ways. Um, but I, I was thinking like, so you, you left, you left teaching to, to be a full-time mom or you went part-time for a while too. Was that, was all that kind of a hard transition for you kind of stepping away from, from teaching? When I stepped away from teaching, it was probably the right time for me personally to be doing so, yeah. but I didn't actually step away to step away. I stepped away mm. because I for I took a year leave of absence before I officially right. resigned because I was working on, um, Colin was transitioning to a school-based program, mm-hmm. um, and I guess for listeners who don't know, my yeah. oldest son has Down syndrome, and um, we had uh, intervention, early intervention that is um, therapists that help you in your house in the early years. So from birth to age three, mm-hmm. they come into your house and um, physical therapist, speech therapist, um, OT, developmental teacher, um, come in and they help with the development of your child. Yeah. And when you get to age three, you need to pick a preschool for them to come to because they no longer um, will come to your house. Yeah, okay. And when we did that, we lived right on a county line, and we wanted to use a program that was across counties, and that was kind of not something that was done. So we were trying mm. to work within a gray area of a black and white situation. Mm. So um, anyhow, I needed to take some time to, to work on that, and I um, helped out in his school to the school that I wanted him to go to. Um, we did some stuff there where I needed to be present at mm-hmm. the school, so I need I couldn't be working. Got so, it. So um, Sean, my husband, um, took a uh, different job so that we could afford for me to step away for a little bit. And yeah. then, as it turned out, um, it kind of worked out for me to not have my income. We figured out how to work that way, and then I continued to stay. Um, not teaching because um, we did not get everything concluded for him for that mm. school. It took about two and a half years, so um, the school would not hold my job past a year. Got so it. I had I had to choose to go back or resign because they wouldn't hold my position. And at that point in time, we weren't ready for me to go back. So after it was all said and done, it had kind of worked out for me to be home, and the job that he took required a lot more travel than he had anticipated. So yeah. at that point in time, it turned out that um, – it was kind of, we didn't know how to get me back working because um, he was never home. Right. He was <laughs> so, traveling for so, work. Yeah. Right. He wow. was pretty much on the road Monday through Thursday. And mm-hmm. then when he'd get home, he'd be pretty exhausted because yeah. you know, you, when you're traveling and working hard away and you're you know, living in the, out of a hotel room, it's mm-hmm. a whole different situation. So anyhow, that was really, so I kind of was forced to, however... It wasn't a bad thing. You know, I think yeah. sometimes things happen not because some of those things happen by accident, to, but end up being the right choice. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because you, you really had to step in and like become an advocate for his education and the services that he, he needed. I imagine your, your time as a, did your time as a school teacher kind of help you with that? Or I know that, I know that can't, couldn't have been easy because um, I know those things can be hard to navigate as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
So I think in some respects, having been a teacher and having had my mom as a teacher, you would think it to be helpful. And Mm -hmm. it was helpful that my mom was there to help Colin, too, because they had a really good relationship. um, And that helped Colin a lot in his early years. And my mom helped me a lot. um, And that was helpful. But for me... I don't know, because I think sometimes I thought I should know how to do things better, and I was less willing to seek out help, because I felt like, well, I have this background. I should be able to do this. Mm. And I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to know the answers when I didn't, and then I didn't always seek out the answers when I needed them, because I felt like I should know this. I should be able to handle this, um, versus looking to ask for help. So in some respects, I think having been a school teacher myself mm-hmm. may have been a detriment to me seeking help that would have been maybe good for him. But at the time, I thought, no, I should be able to do it. And I tried to kind of take control of everything. And I didn't look for more more help, which may have been helpful to him mm-hmm. in hindsight. Right. But at the time, I was pretty exhausted with the other two because him being my first child... Yeah. It's a it's a kind of an interesting dynamic because I watch families because typically with Down syndrome you find that obviously your chances increase as you get older so a mm-hmm. lot of times the birth of a child with Down syndrome comes well I shouldn't say often that you there's not necessarily true but I've watched families where it's been the reverse where yeah. that's the last child and then you have the older children already able to kind yeah. of help you yep yep whereas in my circumstance I was then kind of raising these infants while mm-hmm. his needs needed to be met and then. I guess being a teacher, too, I did know certain things I should be doing that I couldn't keep consistent because the Uh, world we lived in wasn't consistent. But that's when I should have said, hey, I need help. Interesting. But I was like, no, I should be able to do this. Yeah. So I think that was actually a disadvantage for Colin. Interesting stuff. I mean, it's so true. I feel like that concept of asking for help or being able to ask for help has been something that's been coming up in my my conversations with people. And I think especially for moms – and I'm not a mom, but like I know it's it it can be hard, I think, just even just as a mom to be reaching out for help, probably part of the time because you're you're exhausted too, right? I mean, like you probably have so only so much to give, and then you're like, oh, now I got to be reaching out for help. And if you haven't done that before, that might be awkward to do. I don't know, especially when you think you should know how to do it. That's we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, is I guess what I'm trying to say. And um, I suppose we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, and your second child came how many years after after your firstborn? So um, Riley was um, twenty two months, so about two years. About two years afterwards. Okay. Right. So yeah, they were close and pretty close in age, and so you you had a you had your hands full in that in that situation. Um, we did, and actually at that point in time, that's when Sean and I used to joke. We said, okay, so this. Two is good. This is no more. Um, <laughs> not that you have control, complete control of those right, things. You have some right. control, though. Yeah. And um, but then, because yeah, we knew that it would kind of be irresponsible to have somebody else um, at that point in time, because we were pretty. Riley wasn't a great sleeper, so yeah, for the first right. two years of Riley's life, he really didn't sleep through the night. So nor did I. Mm. So I think um, there's a lot of exhaustion at that point, and I don't think that I remember a whole lot that happened during those years if I didn't have pictures but um, I'm sure there's a lot of um, moms who can say the same thing regardless if they had a child with with special needs or not but um, when you have a anyways so that was um, interesting but we did always think it would be nice to have another child and Mm -hmm. that's when down the road that's why Aaron's four years younger than Riley six years younger than Colin because 
at that point in time, we got a little more brave and thought, okay, we, we can probably handle this now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you mentioned that you didn't feel like you did such a great job asking for help early on. Is that something you felt like you got better at as, as time went on? So that's, again, most of my decisions are not um, me making the right choice. It's being forced on me. So <laughs> learning to ask for help, that happened when I had my surgery because I needed oh, help. I couldn't yeah. do things by myself. And that's the first time I relinqu- kind of relinquished control mm-hmm. um, because I, you know, like I was told you can't even lift a um, milk jug, you know, in that time when I was healing. So yeah. that um, kind of, that forced me to accept help. And then once I started accepting help, I realized it actually oh. helped the kids to have others be in their life, too. Interesting. <laughs> how, how many so, years ago was that stuff? So that was 2011. Okay. So um, about, what, seven years? Does yeah. That that? Yeah. Okay. And so that was like kind of when it was forced on you and you saw, I know it had to be hard at first then. Was that something that was really tough for you to not be able to... But you had no choice. I guess you had no choice in that situation. Yeah, I kind of had no choice. So um, I was, I think, I can't remember the exact number of days, but I want to say for about, I was probably in the hospital about eight days after the surgery, just in recovery. And then Mm -hmm. when I got home, um, it was several months of, you know, not being able to be physical. And, of Mm -hmm. course, raising Colin required a physical person Mm -hmm. um, who could, you know, stay on their toes because, at that point in time, he still would elope, like so. He meaning that he could escape your surroundings, and you'd have to find yeah. where he was trying to go to. Yeah. So, um, you had to kind of we used to, uh, you know, have like kind of a Colin check. You know, it, when he was little, it was like Colin check was like every minute. Then it was mm-hmm. like a two minutes you could go without knowing his whereabouts, and then it would mm-hmm. slow, it became five minutes. Um, and then you know, it took many many years before it was you know where we can be like okay, maybe twenty minutes, half hour. Yeah. Then, oh, what's he up to? <laughs> or what's that noise? <laughs> so, um, but anyhow, but that that really is unrelated to the Down syndrome. That more yeah. kind of the autistic side of him. Okay, and that's right. So that's something that hasn't exactly come up. So yeah, so he has he's he's born with Down syndrome, but there was also that he's also been diagnosed with aut- autism as well. Is that correct? So so technically he's undiagnosed. He's with undiagnosed. Autism. Okay. I really I really sh- I really should have that diagnosis at this point cuz now I think it would help me with services. Mm-hmm. Up until this point I felt like I haven't needed the diagnosis though it's been apparent since he was about age 3. Yeah. Um this sensory needs that he has. That I mean obviously there's sensory needs related to the down syndrome too, but there's um just other communicative type things um and behaviors that definitely are more autistic in nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I guess he—you wouldn't call him—he's not nonverbal, but he's limited verbally. Then, would the, what would be the correct right. term for that? Well, he's apraxic. Is this apraxia? Okay. So it means that his and in, in, anyone can be apraxic, regardless of if you have oh. another diagnosis. Yeah. Diagnosis, and that's just that his brain and mouth don't wire so well together. Okay. Um. Because it really wasn't the low tone of Down syndrome that impacted his speech. Typically, that's what impacts um, the speech in Down syndrome okay. is low tone of the mouth. And that was not Colin's issue. Interesting. And we had a good therapist in Philadelphia for the apraxia. And when we moved, I have not had that. And I don't know if that's been detrimental to him as well. There's just different different things. You know, you give mm-hmm. and take, but you... Yeah. Um, do what you can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I know when we were, I was out to visit at one point, you're in Virginia now, and uh, 
um, it was it was really cool to see him with a like I guess just your whole family with the different people who are coming in and helping and and you even have a oh a dog now what was what's the what's the term Molly Molly yes um, yeah yeah Molly <laughs> and so I mean. And she's, you know, kind of helping with, with Colin as well as the whole family, really. I mean, she's a, a, a super cute family dog. But it was just, it was really neat to see um, how people were coming in and helping and um, just kind of adding to, I think, um, the experiences that, that, that Colin could have and, and things like that. So it was, it was neat to see in person, to be honest with you. So thought that was cool. Yeah, there's there's a lot more available to him, too. That's the thing. It's like finding the time to utilize all the resources that are now out there because yeah. there's definitely within the community, and we have a Down Syndrome Association that works really hard to provide opportunities. It's just a matter of being able to work everything into the schedule with yeah. um, all the kids as well. Right. Um, this year it's been tough when I've been back in school, I, so I, sometimes I feel guilty about not having enough time to take him to do different things but mm-hmm. um anyhow here we have we're fortunate to have that help with um and that's since we moved to virginia having you're referring to people coming in to help and mm-hmm. what we have something mm-hmm. called an edcd waiver and um that allows us to have um somebody come to help with him after school so okay. we get 30 okay. hours a week to help us and um We've been fortunate to find good people because you actually find the people that are going to come into your house for oh, you. Oh, interesting. But the state helps you fund it. So um, anyhow, that being said, we like right now we have Lauren who is um, working on her master's in education for special education. So she's more than a perfect yeah. fit. And then prior to her, when Colin was just kind of growing from being a little boy to more of an adolescent because he's now 16, mm-hmm. but when we moved here... He was, I guess, nine um, or ten, I think. So nine or ten. Yeah. And um, and we had someone named Chris initially help us. That he was working actually on becoming a physical therapist, but his girlfriend was in special education in what she was doing. Oh, cool. Um, so she knew that he'd be a good fit, and he just naturally was a very good fit. And it was good for Colin to have, I think, a guy at that yeah. point in his life, too. Um, where now he responds really well to Lauren. So we've kind of been lucky so far. So the question will be once we don't have Lauren, who will hopefully will find another good person. Yeah. Because that helps him. It helps me tremendously, too, because it frees up my time a little bit to do other things. Or else mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be doing this program and... I wouldn't have the time to, you know, do as many things with the other kids. Yeah. So it definitely has um, been helpful. Now, I love this, too, because I just, I'm just so impressed with you for, like, kind of um, making this career change in a sense and, like, going back to school. And I know you're someone who, like, loves school anyway, but I just think this is the coolest thing that you're in this nursing program. Um, what what inspired you to, to, to take up this new endeavor in a sense so I guess it was time where I felt like the kids really don't need me at the house as much and I felt like Colin's needs were being more met Mm -hmm. and for me personally too I tend to like I I like to take care of people yeah and my kids are at the point in their life where they should be learning to take care of themselves too yeah so if I'm too available I do too much if Ah. I'm less available I push them to be more independent so it was a time for me to start looking at what can I, what can I do? And I thought about going back into education, but okay. honestly, I, 
again, never knew if that was the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had always been interested in medicine. Yeah. In fact, that was like when I was in college, when I changed to the biology degree, I really intended to be pre-med. Yeah. And I remember meeting with an advisor um, and he was an older gentleman. And back then it was just in the beginning of things changing to, because like today, if you go to medical school as a woman, mm-hmm. there's lots of things built into residencies where you can be nearby. And, and so when you're on call, you are, can actually be like in your own house, so to oh, speak, or its own apartment. So you could almost be starting your life. Cause I used to think about that. Like, how do you, you know, cause I knew I wanted to have the opportunity to be a mother if I could. I didn't yeah. know that would happen. You never do know these things. Mm-hmm. But if it was possible, and at the time I had actually already met Sean, who I did end up marrying. Yeah, college <laughs> so I, I could kind of foresee. I could kind of foresee that. Now, at the time I met with his advisor, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. But I remember ha- thinking, though, like, how, how do people balance? Like, how do women balance going into medicine and having mm-hmm. a family? And I'm talking to this old man um, <laughs> who was yeah. my advisor, yeah. asking him these things, and he's looking at me like I have three heads. <laughs> and um, I was thinking, I'm like, yeah, it's like, I guess it's kind of like almost a choice I felt at the time. Like, do, yeah. you, do I pursue this or do I um, not? And I kind of, kind of wrote off the fact that maybe that wasn't the right path because I wanted to, if I had the opportunity to be available to my kids, mm-hmm. I wanted to be more available. And I feel like in, at the time I felt like making that commitment to being a doctor, I wasn't sure how to do both, which yeah. I clearly have seen many people do it and be successful in it. Yeah. But at the time I wasn't sure how I would manage it personally. Makes sense. So, but it never occurred to me back then to think about nursing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but it just, I, I was so like, I just didn't know enough, and I, anyways, but but from the time I was a little kid, I used to, my dad had a lot of hair on his body, and I used to, like, sort it out to find all of his cuts, and if he had, Aww. like, we'd be sitting by the pool, and I'd be, like, inspecting, I'd get my little, like, doctor's kit out, and I'd, like, inspect Aww. his skin, and be like, oh, look, you got a scratch, Dad, and um, I was always, like, intrigued by things, silly things like that. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I was, it's always been my interest. And yeah. but at the time um, that I was making these decisions in college, I just didn't have enough information. I didn't have enough experience and um, never really found the right person to advise me differently because I guess that wasn't where, what I was meant to be doing then. So at I, that point I, in time. That, right. So now, long and short is when I was looking to go back, I, I, keep, I kept kind of running into people over the past probably – eight years mm-hmm. that had been going back into nursing or doing different fields in, yeah. in healthcare. And every time I'd run into somebody who was doing it, I'm like, oh, wow, that's great that you're doing that. That sounds really interesting. And I'd start asking questions about how they did it. And there's a few programs around here that people started saying when in the years that I was here and I was talking to people. Um, so I started thinking more about it and I was trying to figure out what the cost would be because I didn't who wants to spend money on education now? God, yeah. I spent all this money years ago, and now yeah. I have to spend money again, and I need to put my kids through college. Yep. Like, how, how do I do this? And um, I was kind of convincing myself that I couldn't do it because mm. I didn't want to spend the money. Mm-hmm. But then, interestingly enough, every so often I'd run into somebody else doing this. And so it was like, it's almost like someone was telling me, yeah. hey, <laughs> you should do this. And so what ultimately made me decide to do it, though, is I was sat down with, Sean the one day and was talking about, because I I was in the process of getting everything together to transfer my Pennsylvania certification to Virginia so that I have the ability to teach. And I was thinking, oh, I'll do substituting and I'll teach. And I was 
talking to him about it, and um, I was telling him about the nursing stuff, too. I was like, yeah, some people have done this program in nursing. It sounds kind of interesting, and, but I don't think I should spend money on education now. And hmm. he actually said to me, hmm. he's like, well, that's an excuse. Mm. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, that's an excuse. We can figure that out. Mm. If that's what you really want to do, that's what you should do. That's awesome. And that was when I was kind of like, you know, he's right. Like, I, I am using this as an excuse. Mm. And, and I, but it was what I wanted to do. But sometimes the thing I want to do the most, like, I feel like it's selfish to spend money on me right now. Yeah. So I looked at it as like, I can't do that. Yeah. And then, um, anyhow, I... I do still feel a little selfish spending money on it because I really enjoy it. So isn't that silly? I, yeah. That, that's how I look at it sometimes. Cause I also, because I'm doing it where I was able to do it in the program where I don't have to go in the summers mm-hmm. and I'm not, um, I don't have like other, um, outside of taking care of my family. I don't have another job going on. Sometimes I feel like, you know, cause it's obviously a lot easier to do it the way I'm doing it. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's, you know, some of the kids will say to me, well, how, how are you doing this program and you have a family and yeah. all of that? And I'm like, well, look at you guys. What are you doing besides school? Right. And most of them have jobs. Yeah. So I'm like, well, that's just my other piece. You yeah. know, just like you have this other piece. And because sometimes they don't see it that way. But it mm-hmm. really, so it's not like it's, it's not like it's noble and hard. It's, it's fun and interesting and yeah. a little bit selfish at the same time because I really like it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I know, like, I, I know this is, like, fun because you, you love school. You're someone who's always, like, just loved learning, um, or at least that's how you've always struck me. So I even even despite the fact that it feels selfish to you, I'm so glad you're doing it because the truth is so many people are going to – I believe that so many people are going to get benefit uh, from your – experience in going through this program and you know I, I don't know I just think it's despite the fact that it feels selfish I'm, I'm really glad that you're going through and doing it and I really love that your husband Sean just um yeah like really encouraged you in a way of just kind of calling you out a little bit I guess <laughs> but just pointing that out like if this is something you really want to do let's make it happen um because sometimes we just need that you know and just uh to do stuff that we actually really enjoy and uh, that's 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 cool that he he did that. I think that's great. So, I think it's important for Erin, also my daughter, I think it's important mm. for her to see me in another role besides just being mom. Not that there's anything wrong with just being mom, right? Like that's an right. important role too. Yeah. But I, I want her to know that, you know, you have choices. You can do many things. There's not like a right thing to do. It's what works for you because everybody's um, personalities and circumstances are different. Yep. I have trouble juggling too many things. Mm-hmm. So for me, it would have been really hard in the early years juggling work and my little ones. So I mm-hmm. felt fortunate to be home with them because that was important for me. Yeah. But then there's other people that it's really important to have that time still working as well. Like, yeah, so there's just different. Like there's mm-hmm. not like there's not like there's a right answer to that. It's just for every yeah. person it's different. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And I love that you mentioned um, just being an example in her life because one of the things that was, I was listening to you tell that story was how important it is for us to have examples in our own lives uh, for you seeing those people who are going back and getting, doing, you know, starting careers in healthcare and how that just came to see, keep coming into your life. It's just like seeing those examples, like just how valuable that is in order, in, like for us to kind of come to our own decisions. And you know, I think that's, yeah, that's cool. That's really neat stuff. Um, I wanted to ask you too, because it's, it's interesting talking to you. And I, I know even we, we talked a little bit beforehand is you don't look at any of these things as like challenges, do you? Like they're, they're more like things that happen that you are 
I'm just going to guess, like kind of problem solving and working your way through. Like, um, that's, that's how I interpret it. It's, it's, it's interesting to hear, like, hear you talk about things because it never seems like it's a bad thing. It seems like, you know, we're going to figure this out and we're going to find a way to make something work. Would you say that's true? I don't know that it's always been true, but okay. I think over time, I think as we, like, I always joke that I enjoy getting older because mm. I feel like the more experiences you have in life, I feel like, at least for myself, I'm able to handle things differently. So mm. things, when I look back, I have amazing ability to not look at negative things. Like I like in my mind, I just automatically spin things to the positive. So I try yeah. to see what I learn from something. That's just how I work because I don't like, like I think it's kind of almost like I deny that there's something difficult going on. I don't mm -hmm. want to accept that there's a difficulty sometimes. Mm -hmm. I want to figure out how, how, do we, how do we make this circumstance positive? How do I look at this so that it's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I don't like to look at something um, like kind of like when something negative is happening, it feels like it can't really be happening sometimes, mm -hmm. which is not necessarily good <laughs> because I sometimes probably deny that there's a problem, yeah. which is bad. But um, over time, because there's been things in my life where like I, at the, in the moment, sure, they were not easy but yeah. I I can't I I don't my brain won't let me remember specifically yeah how bad that moment was right and then um but every time I encounter new things things seem less difficult I guess because yeah. it's like you you begin to really realize you know people when you're it's a cliche tomorrow's another day right mm -hmm, you've heard mm -hmm. that from the time you're like a little kid but you really get that it's like yeah like I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and it's the sun's going to come out mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's going to be, we're going to, one foot in front of the other, we're going to do the next thing and things will, you know, you'll, you'll figure it out, right? I mean, right. what's the alternative? So what's I the think over time, yeah. I like, I like to, um, I like getting older. I enjoy being in school as an older person. Yeah. I, I get, I get things out of school differently because I can connect with information differently from experiences and I get now that my grade on a test mm. has no bearing on my ability. Yep. And when you're younger, you don't realize, at least I didn't realize that. Yeah. I used to think that, like, if I didn't do well on a test and I didn't know it or I was not going to do well, I, I, I thought that that was important. Um, but I now know that it is, like, I, you know, I'm going to get through this program and I'm going to be a nurse, right? Yeah. So if I didn't get 100% on the test, that doesn't mean I'm going to be a bad nurse. It just means <laughs> that I read a question wrong. I mean, right. so, um, I, uh, so I, it, it makes it a little less stressful, um, yeah. although I still work really hard. I mean, it's still like, I mean, it's still in my nature to, to want to do well. I'm not saying that I don't want to do well, yeah. but, um, but I have a better perspective on it and I, in class can connect with material differently than I used to be able to. Yeah, that's so valuable. Just like, just because, I mean, what you're able to like take in is probably so much, you know, just different than what you would have been able to take in and absorb. And the, the experience you're having now at the stage of your life is, is just different from what it would have been when you were younger. So I think that that's really cool. Because um, I do think like, I think the idea of going back to school or having that kind of experience as an older adult can be can be intimidating to people, you know, it's just like having these, you know, shifts and like, well, I've been doing this for so long. This is just what I'm going to keep on doing. So I don't know. I just have a lot of admiration 
as I know it's not always um and it, it, it I suppose maybe it was easy for you but like I don't think it's always easy to make those kinds of shifts um and to try something new like uh, change can be scary for a lot of us so I think it's I think it's really great that you're that you're branching out and 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 doing something new like this so I think it's really cool stuff um so one thing that because you said change can be scary and yeah. I agree with you but the interesting thing is and I don't know if you agree with this but as I get older because I've had different changes in life now yeah. many times and I realize that usually with every change I learn something new yep. like so every change um helps me be more balanced almost yeah so I find like that you know like when I went to IU I didn't know anybody and mm-hmm. I was excited about that but that was really hard mm-hmm. but then I learned that oh you know what it's okay you can figure it out because at the beginning I thought oh my gosh how am I gonna mm-hmm. work through this and then with um you know just with Colin's needs like how do you manage that like, there's just different things and then um moving back to Philadelphia, moving to Virginia, like just different things have mm-hmm. happened and then new interesting things occur in mm-hmm. each of those adventures. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree because it's like if, if you don't if you don't change you're not really you're not always growing, you know? So it's like even if they're unwanted changes sometimes <laughs> Like, sure. No, you know? I agree. Some, yeah. No. Sometimes they are. Yeah. And you, you are like, oh gosh, what am I doing? And then in the end, you're like, oh, well, yeah. maybe that's why this happened. Right. And that's kind of how it sounds like you you look at life too. It's like I think you gave an example earlier, like um, some of the things that you've learned haven't been always because you you wanted to like learn that or discover that oh like the asking for help piece where you're like you kind of had to have help it was you know what i mean so sometimes they're not always things we even plan on but we learn these lessons and um if you're open to it you know i guess it requires being open to to learning those lessons and seeing seeing things in different ways so i yeah i definitely agree with you i think uh change can be a really useful and beneficial thing in our life and that's kind of part of the podcast too is just talking to people um who are trying to grow and learn and not necessarily change their whole lives, but their changes happen because they're just growing and learning and I think kind of just evolving into the best version of themselves because they're doing that. And you absolutely fit into that category for me, Steph, because I just really appreciate and admire how you've just continued to grow and evolve. And I think it's really awesome. So, yeah. Thanks for thanks for sharing a little bit about that in our conversation today. I really I really appreciate hearing more about your story and and uh, yeah I learned I learned some new things today about you so that was really fun. <laughs> yeah, it's all, always fun to chat. I do I like to I do like to have good conversations. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks again, Steph, and I will I will talk to you soon. Thanks, Mo. Thank you for listening to this episode with Steph Caddy. I really appreciate her honesty as she reflected back on lessons learned. As she shared, sometimes her decisions or the lessons she learned were not necessarily of her doing, but more likely a choice or lesson being forced on her. But I would like to give her a little bit more credit than that because she still had to be open to seeing things from a different perspective, and that is not always easy. I love when she said, usually with every change, I learn something new. Every change helps me to become more balanced in a way. I love this because so many of us resist change. I know I have in the past. But when we're able to stop fighting change and begin to move through it, 
we might discover that we grow as a person and become even more aligned to who we truly are. What about you? What are some of your takeaways or reflections from this episode? I would love to hear about them. Please share in the comments for this podcast on my website at www.ryanwellness.com. I hope to hear from you soon. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Becoming Aligned. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Becoming Aligned and rate and review this podcast. I'm Maureen Ryan, and I hope you'll join us next time. Take care.